Welcome back to Gator Games Fan TV. It's the Hurling Power Rankings. We did the Football Power Rankings a week ago, and today we're going to be doing the Hurling Power Rankings. We're going to be ranking the 17 best counties in the sport of hurling right now. In a similar way to the Football Power Rankings, these will be based off of who are the best uh, counties right now at hurling. Um, so it's not necessarily based off of current form or recent results or form of this season it's just based off overall who do we think is the better team and obviously you're factoring in last season the championship you know who's winning all Orleans, who's winning major trophies and everything else we're only doing 17 counties because of the fact that i think if we went below like division two sort of below the joe mcdonough i, I think i'm not too sure I, I know certainly i don't have the knowledge really below division two I'm, i don't know maybe matthew does but i think going below joe mcdonough and um and everything else will be a, a little bit uh, of too much of a waffle. But do let us know, uh, like anyone watching, if there is any county sort of on the rise that maybe we haven't discussed and we'd be happy to uh, to mention them. Uh, Matthew, I suppose we did the, the football power rankings, which definitely went went down well last week. So, uh, Erlen power rankings, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on again, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, the football ones, a uh, few disagreements. I could see in the comments a uh, few male people going on about, um, you know, kind of titles and things like that. And they were saying that uh, they've won, I think it was eight kind of titles since 2011, but in fact, they've won seven. So they actually got the start wrong there. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was a very, very uh, debatable with the football power rankings, but I don't think the hurling would be as debatable. And to be honest with you, I'd be kind of the same as you. I wouldn't go down uh, 17 or lower uh, personally. I'm trying to get a bit of an education on it. I've done a few things on Instagram doing like um, who scored what and things after Fermanagh, Mayo, all them counties. I'm trying my best at it. But ultimately, they're just not showing enough arm. And that's not either of us' fault, really. I know the load uh, player Peter Fortune was on uh, League Sunday on Sunday night. And spoke very well in fairness. And he want, he was speaking about um, having an All-Ireland in his backyard and winning All-Ireland titles. And he dream of that even as a low player. And the fact that Lowe only have three clubs in Hurling, I think Hurling needs to grow more up and down the country. Like even look at um, Mayo, for example, for Mana. They have some excellent players like Luca Bukuska, for example. Uh, the interview that Owen Sheehan did about uh, Joe Baldwin as well was absolutely brilliant. And off the ball, check it out if you haven't already. And... Um, yeah, hopefully those counties get more of a recognition in future years than they are doing right now. And um, I think Seamus Brady made a very good point, and I think the podcast that uh, we did on Sunday evening, coincidentally, same time as League Sunday, he said this, um, if the G or RT or TG Carr are not going to show Christy Ring, Nicky Rackard, Laurie Marr, whatever games, they, those will be whatever the big games are. Why can't streaming services like Stream Sport or Clubber step in here? Why can't they show a few games just to give a bit of education around these uh, these counties? And I think that's what's needed in future years. But um, but yeah, there was a long discussion about um the future hurling. I think Joe Fortune as well from Westmead, the Westmead manager spoke very well as well. Kind of disappointed there was only a ten minute segment or in around that. Kind of disappointed as well that Ursula Jacob and Liam Sheedy actually spoke a bit about it. Like they're from Tipperary and Wexford, I, with all due respect, I don't think they realise the severity of the issue in counties like Loud and Westmead or Cavan or Fermanagh or them hurling counties. So I would have expected RT to do a bit more on that. And Joanne Cantwell was even saying to them they don't have time on this, but they need the time of the programme. But I'd be wondering, could they provide a segment on the RTGA podcast during the week for this mm -hmm. sort of discussion? 
that that would be absolutely brilliant. It would give more time for the fans to digest it. And pe the stark reality is people don't tend to watch TV anymore. They watch certain clips on YouTube or or TikTok or whatever. And I think they'd be great sound bites, really, to explain the severity around the decline of hurling. But um, yeah, looking forward to discussing the rankings with you. But um, yeah, um, it's a shame we can't go 17 or lower. But look, hopefully with the more coverage in more years to come, we might be able to do so in uh, two, three years' time. Yeah, and I actually just realised there was one county that I forgot. So there is actually 18. Um, so that's 18, 18 to 1 will be the uh, will be the, the prediction. Poor poor Westmead. I completely I completely forgot about them to be honest with you. So uh so there we go. Any Westmead fans watching can certainly give me grief or family from uh, from from Westmead in fairness. But uh but yeah so we'll, we'll crack on anyway and uh this is 17 to 11. Um we'll include Westmead in here as well as I said I, I did forget Westmead so it'll be more sort of 18 to 11 as such. Um, I mean, looking at that, Kildare 17, Mead 16, Kerry 15, Down 14, Leash 13, Offaly 12, Carlo 11. Like, any any disagreements with, with them, first of all? Maybe one, I think. Um, from Kildare to Leash, I definitely agree with you. Um, just for clarity, Aaron, where are you putting West Mead here? I was I was thinking Westmead would probably be eleven, and then you'd push all the rest of them back. That that's probably what I'd go for, yeah. Okay, so I I I'd switch around one switch. I'll go awfully switching with Carlo. I know Carlo mm. beat them last year, but awfully have such a good team at the moment. Charlie Mitchell, Adam Screeny, Killian Coyley played very well the other day, and they showed that they can mix it with Wexford now the other week, and they do have very good young players and. Maybe if a bit of luck went awfully in the Joe McDonough final, I think awfully could have won that game. Carlo just had the better performance on the day and got over the line. Fair play to them. They start the league very well in fairness. John Michael Nolan's having good performances. They've won two games out of two in Division 2A. So good performances at the start of the league for Carlo. Good performances for awfully too. You have to remember against Waterford, I think they had the man sent off. That kind of derailed them a small bit against Wexford on any other day. They could have won that game. So for me, I'd switch off in Carlo. I'd still have Westmead above um, them two counties. But I think generally that's probably a good enough ranking. Um, you looked at the other counties there, Kildare, Meath. I'd probably put Kildare 18 the same as you. Um, I think they, they did very well last year, but they have struggled in the league thus far. Brian Dowling, the Kilkenny Camogie manager from last year, has actually gone in. So it should be a good appointment for Kildare, but they, I think they've lost to Meath in the first one, one of the first two games in the league. They lost to Leash now the other week as well. And um, Mead have some good players. Sears of Bolton in charge there. Like Jack Regan, obviously, is a good player. Uh, Nicky Potterton, like they do have some decent players. Kerry, apparently, a lot of Kerry players aren't planning to play for the county this year, which is a huge shame. Uh, I don't know what's the story with Fiona, Fiona McKessie. Is he actually playing with the Kerry team? Is he taking time out? Because I heard rumours that if the footballers came calling, he'd actually play football, which was kind of a damning statement in terms of um, the future of Kerry hurling, really. But I probably would agree with John Kildare, me, than uh, Kerry. Leash as well. Like Leash are an interesting one. Even looking at the team that they have at the moment, Aaron Dunphy, Willie Dunphy, uh, Paddy Purcell are all still there, still knocking about. You have um, Jason Duggan, who's, or James Duggan, should I say, the full forward, who's a very good under 20 in recent seasons. He's back to the Leash senior team now. Uh, Liam Senior, a cornerback. They do have some good players, but it's about 
gelling them all together. And they have some good club teams as well. They struggled a bit in the Joe McDonough last season, and that's probably why they're below the likes of Offaly, Cardo, Westmead and all them. But uh, Leash definitely have potential to go up for their rankings. And uh, Westmead, I think Westmead had a very good performance now the last day against Limerick. Uh, I know they lost by six points, mainly down to the fact that Donegal Dalek scored one four from play for Limerick that day. But Westmead produced a brilliant performance and they showed that they can mix with the big boys, even beating Wexford last year. They were very, very unlucky to go down to the Joe McDonough Cup. But I said this to Seamus Brady on his podcast during the week as well, that the Joe McDonough Cup is going to be a bear pit this year because you have the likes of Westmead in there. You have Offaly, you have Leash. Um, you have me and Kerry who are decent teams on their day as well. Down have some decent players like Pierce Oak and Crickard. Obviously, um, Ronan Sheehan's a good coach there as well. Uh, uh, Paul Sheehan's a good free taker. So there are some very good teams in the Joe McDonough. You'd have to probably lean towards Offaly, Leash and Westmead probably being the top three there. But even mm. those three sides, very, very difficult to separate them. But um, yeah, I, I genuinely agree with all the rankings. I've just switched one Offaly uh, ahead of Carlo. Hmm. Yeah, so we have the the updated graphic on here with Westmead added in there. So we made a bit of a bit of a late change there. But um, yeah, like is there an argument maybe that Offaly, like especially when you look at Offaly's draw with Wexford at the weekend, obviously Carlo coming through to Joe McDonough. Like the main reason being why I had Carlo ahead was because of that Joe McDonough win. Um, but at the same time, when you look at Offaly's underage success, I think there is certainly an argument that they are closing the the door a little bit, but. Like obviously, it's no surprise when we get onto the next list. Like you have Antrim and Tent, but like, is there an argument that Carlo, Offaly, and even Westmeath to a certain extent are maybe closing the gap on the likes of Antrim, Dublin, and maybe even Wexford to a certain extent? Maybe so, especially Antrim. When you think about, it. I know they were very close to beating Dublin the other day, and it was a lucky goal that uh, got over the line for Dublin in uh, Cork and Park. But Antrim have lost a load of players this year. Um, Keelan Malloy is a huge loss in midfield. Neil McManus on the forward line is a big loss. They do have players coming through the ranks like Joe McLaughlin from Rory O'Cushendall. I'm really looking forward to see how he progresses this season. I think he scored 10 goals of the club championship, which was an insane record across the Antwerp Championship Ulster and the All-Ireland game against O'Loughlin Gales. So him at full forward would be very, very interesting to see. Noel McKenna, who's on my podcast previously, is a very good hurler as well at wing forward. Uh, Owen Campbell's good as well so they do have good players around them and uh, Darren Gleeson's a good coach there as well you could argue Westmead above Antrim but like Antrim beat Westmead pretty handily in the championship last year let's not forget I know Westmead beat Wexford but ultimately um, it was unlucky but they kind of that kind of that game kind of meant nothing in a way Um, but look like awfully Carlo I definitely give them a hope of them overtaking the likes of Antrim. Like Carlo, I don't think they'll go down without a fight. Like a lot of people might predict that Carlo will be going back down straight to the Drum at Dunne Cup. If they can get a few results against the Dublins, against the Antrims, I think they have a huge chance. Wexford as well. You've seen Wexford's record against um, these so-called smaller counties. Against the bigger counties like Kilkenny, Galway, they raised their game. But then against the smaller counties, they're really, really poor. Like against Offaly now the other day, I know granted two red cards, but against Westmead was a prime example last year. And then in the final game, they somehow beat Kilkenny. So Wexford are just an unknown commodity in many ways. Maybe that will change under Keith Rossiter. But um, I think Carlo might target those games in particular. I think Kilkenny and Galway, they might lax off a bit, maybe not get beat too 
too handsome if, if that's kind of a fair assessment because Godwin Kilkenny are way ahead of uh, those counties no disrespect but in terms of Wexford, Dublin, Antrim I think Carlo will be targeting those games and they do with the players like Martin Coffin is an excellent player who's on my podcast as well um, Chris Nolan John Michael Nolan uh, Fierker, Fen- or Fierker Fitzpatrick is um, their midfielder He's a, there are some very good players in Carlo and they showed last year with that grit and determination to beating Offaly, that they could beat anyone. So I, I would say, I would think Carlo could have a very good campaign in the Leinster Championship, considering they've won two games out of two in Division 2A. They've done their utmost for now. And yeah, I think it could be a threat in general. I think Westmeath coming up to Antrim, I think it's well documented at this stage. They do have good players. They have good coaching, Joe Fortune, Noel Mitchell's good, Kieran. I'll be interested to see Doyle's actually in Killian and Kieran. Will they actually play for Westmeath this year? Uh, Darry Egerton is a very good defender. So, like Westmead, they do have some good players, but the key for them is to just get out of the drum at Donut, get out of that bear pit. And for Offaly, they do have some very good drum players. It's well documented underage success in Offaly. And like Cork were just the better team on the day against Offaly, but even for Offaly to get to the final in under 20 level last year was just a superb achievement. And what I will say before we get on to the bigger counties, Aaron, it was great to see Adam Screeny play last Saturday. I really. Absolutely love to see more of him in the Ireland Championship. He's just that type of player. He's so exciting to watch. He's just he's just a breath of fresh air in hurling. He's just a brilliant player. He has the potential to be one of the greats in hurling. I know it's early. He's only 19 years of age. He's not even on the UN Fitzgibbon panel this year. I think UL in particular, this Fitzgibbon Cup, are trying to ease him in a small bit in those sorts mm-hmm. of competitions, not rush him in too much. I know Offaly are doing it. But that's a kind of a different situation. Offaly don't necessarily have the talent, talents um, up through the ranks like an Adam Screening, whereas you well do like Gerald O'Connor, Adam English and all them in Fitzgibbon level. So I get why Offaly are rushing him in for the league, but it was just great to see him play last Saturday against Wexford and really looking forward to seeing him and what he does in the next few years. Absolutely, yeah, no, like, and that's the thing with Offaly, like, they've got a lot of good underage players coming through at the minute, and I do think there's a, a good potential for Offaly to, to to be bridging the gap, and I know Wexford were down to 13 men in that game against Offaly at the weekend, but I think Offaly still showed, like, lows and lows of quality uh, in that game, in fairness, ATU says, did you see the interview that Fermanagh heard a manager did, brilliant stuff, Um, yeah, like, quite an incredible story, really, Um, like, in terms of, I think, like was he saying that he nearly had a or that he had a stroke prior to a, a league game against Leitrim? Um so yeah, like just like crazy stuff really, and thank God he's he's all good and he's all okay. But yeah, that was a that, that was a bit of a crazy story. And the thing was as well, and I might be corrected on this, I think it was during COVID when um or or even after that when um people were kind of getting down and um, he was saying that uh, he was, um, you know, really, really down at some points of his life. This is, um, this is not regarding GA, no, but this is uh, general life itself. He was down, but the thing that actually got him through day by day was hurling, and that probably mm. epitomizes what it means to the smaller counties, to the likes of Fermanagh, the likes of Leitrim, and uh, even Fermanagh winning at the weekend. It's, it's just a brilliant for them, and even they own she had to go down to to Baltimore that day. I think it was just brilliant and it just shows the media need to do that more. They need to go to these grounds. They need to get more education mm. on these sorts of players. And while I would say an interview conducted by a, a good friend of ours, obviously Seamus Brady, I know Clitter checked this interview if you haven't already with Kieran Breslin from Fermanagh. 
really, really insightful stuff. And he's a guy that would know more about it than us. So like, if you want to know more about lower level hurling, go on to Seamus' channel and check that interview out. It's just absolutely brilliant to see that. And even the likes of Monaghan winning the Laurie Mar Cup last year, Meath getting over the line in the Christie Ring. And you had loads of brilliant stories. Like even the even I write for a newspaper called the West Car People. It's a once-a-month newspaper. And I actually did an interview last year during the Alliance League with a London player, Ronan Crowley. He was actually born near where I live in uh, County Cork. He immigrated to London did a few things in Manchester and he plays for the London uh, senior hurling team alongside the, and he's a, one of the best forwards in London at the moment, alongside Jack Goulding from Kerry, who scored 311 at the weekend. So the more we know about these players, the better and the better coverage that hurling gets. So I just think it was a brilliant story with that, um, with um, the Fermanagh manager now the last time. It was just really, really insightful stuff. And the media just need to do that more, just push it more and hurling will get more exposure than probably it should have over the last few seasons. Absolutely, yeah. And I think if, you know, as, as you were saying earlier as well, like I think if even some of the lower level games, like we're, we're streamed on YouTube, even as an example, or, or something of that nature, like because, you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against watching, you know, Fermanagh against Monaghan in, in a hurling game. I think it would actually be quite fascinating to, to watch it and see and understand more about those kind of players. And, and that's also one of the reasons why we're not ranking, you know, counties outside the 18 that we mentioned, because there's just no information, unfortunately, on, on, on those counties. Like, you can never see highlights on those games. You can never really see information. There's no match reports available. Like, very, very little, like, in terms of finding out information. So that's kind of the reason, main one of the main reasons as well, why we haven't been able to uh, include them in our power rankings. We'll crack into the top 10 then. And in 10th, we've got Antrim. 9th is Dublin. 8th is Wexford. Waterford is 7th. Cork is 6th. Any thoughts there? I'd agree with you from uh, 10 to 7. You could argue you're too hard at Dublin, maybe, Aaron. I, look, it's a hard one with Dublin and Wexford, isn't it? Because Wexford raised their game for Kilkenny, Galway, whatever. Dublin kind of yeah, lose all those games. But in terms of head-to-head, -head, Dublin wipe Wexford in the last few seasons. So could you argue Dublin above Wexford? I'm not sure. It, it, it depends on your outlook, really. Would you depend more on like challenging the bigger sides or head-to-head -head records? It's a hard one. It really is. Um, seventh place, Waterford, I'd agree with uh, completely. The thing was, I think Austin Gleeson even came out and said, it's not just Waterford hurling. He just doesn't enjoy even watching the sport or whatever. I think I read on uh, some Instagram page at Club Gaelic, I think it was, on Instagram, Actually, Paul, I didn't have time to read it now, but I think it was uh, Austin Gleeson at Ballpark saying that he had a ticket for a game and he just didn't bother going. So I just think his love is not in the game anymore. And that's just a shame for Waterford Hurling because he's, and for Hurling in general, he's just an incredible hurler. But even look at the Waterford players like Paddy Levy from Ballygunner midfield had a very good performance against Clare last weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops um, this season. The Bennett brothers and Shane and Stephen are very good as well. Mikey Coyley has the potential to roar as well. Sean Walsh is doing well for SETU Watford in the Fitzgibbon Cup. So is Ruben Halloran. So there are some good players in Watford, but they need to realise their potential sooner rather than later. And I just don't like the, the way they played last year at Watford. It was almost like too defensive. And I don't know, is that Davy? Um, having a say in the team, I don't know, is it too many coaches? Like, even it's interesting actually the background team for Watford this year. You have Owen Kelly, temporary legendary hurler, and you've Donegal Callan, a former rugby player who's obviously um, 
friends with Davy Trogans with his family on RTE. So it, that was an interesting backroom team. But Watford kind of need to back it up this year. They need to perform this year. They can't just get bottom of the monster group every time and use that as, a, that, that as an excuse on why they haven't progressed and why um, the monster knockout has been gone as an excuse for them to fail. They can't use that simply. They have to improve, and there's no doubt about that. In terms of this top six, Am I biased here? I'm going to go Cork over Galway, Aaron. I don't rate Galway. I really don't. I just think, look, for Cork, first of all, I know they've lost to Kilkenny and Clare, but people might not understand this. Darfitt's given is not playing at the moment. Kieran Joyce is out of the team. Alan Connolly's out of the team. I don't know, is he going to come back from injury? But if you have them three back, players back and you move Niall O'Leary to cornerback, I think you have a good structure there. I would agree the pressure wasn't on in the first half against Kilkenny, particularly in the first 20 minutes. It was very lackluster. Kilkenny were nearly putting more pressure on us. But the fact that we were missing those three players that I mentioned, particularly Fitzgibbon and Joyce, for those games against Clare and Kilkenny, and we still only lost both those games by minimal margins. And those are two teams that are putting up to Limerick here in your house. So I wouldn't be too down on the car hurlers at the moment. I just feel... Maybe it's a monster hurling, boys. I think monster hurling, other than Kilkenny, I think it's wise head Leinster. I'll be honest. I'm just going to be honest here. I just think Leinster hurling, there's not enough, you know, home for both of the games. There's not enough intensity. Whereas monster hurling, it's battle after battle after battle. And that's the key thing with monster hurling. Like, other than the Leinster final, you would agree, Aaron, the Leinster championship was very poor standard last year. It was really, really poor. Like even the Kilkenny Galway group game, the Dublin Wexford game at Crow Park just lacked a bit of intensity. I know Dublin won that game, but um Wexford missed a lot of shots that day. And it was it was just really poor on the eye. Whereas Munster Hurling, I just think it's where it's at at the moment. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that's where the top five is usually ranked. And I, I just feel I'd have Galway sixth and Cork fifth, but that's just my honest opinion. Yeah, like I think I, I would I would certainly have a lot more faith in Cork to have a much better season than Galway. Like I think Cork overall come the end of the year, I think will 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 be ranked higher than, than Galway. I think Cork have way more potential as you as you've said before, like they've a whole host of players to come back in, new younger lads coming into the side. Um like there's so much depth in Cork and there's so many options available to Cork and I think and I think that's what makes them so dangerous. But I think it just goes back to the fact that Galway, when you look at it, got to the All Ireland semi-finals last season. Obviously, in the last two, in the last two seasons, one of one of those years, they obviously beat Cork in the quarterfinals. Uh, albeit, maybe you could argue Cork maybe should have won that game, but uh, Galway obviously came through. Um, and then, like obviously, Cork have lost the opening two games of the league as well. So, like that, that's just kind of my. Th- I don't think there's much between Cork and Galway, and I do think like if we were to revisit this at the end of the year. I think Cork are ranked above Galway. I'd be fairly confident of that. But I just think right now, I just don't think Cork have done have done enough just yet. It's a bit like when we were speaking about Donegal in the football power rankings. Like I don't think Donegal have done enough just yet to justify putting them above certain teams. But I think they're on the way. And I think that's similar with Cork, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a fair point, really. And uh, when you think about the other the quarterfinals in the last two years, it was just like Cork, first of all, and then Tipperary kind of down tools against Galway. I don't know what it was. They just were very, very poor on those days, especially like Cork in 2022. 
I can't remember to start off the top of my head, but I think it was very, very low shot accuracy, very high mm. wide count. And you just can't do that in all other quarterfinals. And Galway kind of got over the line in those, but I would argue with Galway, like, again, like they haven't won an Leinster Championship since 2018. You know, and that's that's a poor Leinster Championship, let's be honest. It's the Leinster Championship for the, for the poor teams. Like, it's insane. Wexford have won it. They won it in 2019. Kilkenny have won uh, four on the bounce then. So, you can't argue Galway have not fulfilled their potential at all. Granted, they have good players coming through. Gavin Lee, Evan Nyland, Connor Whelan is certainly not a one-trick pony. See that, Jackie Terrell? But um, he's just, like, Galway do have good players, no doubt about that. But I just question, and Seamus actually questioned on my podcast last year about the appointment of Henry Shefflin. And I was thinking, okay, maybe he could be a bit harsh on this. But then I thought about it even more as the weeks went on and the months went on. And then I'm thinking, have they actually improved under Henry Shefflin? Really? Like, they haven't won an Easter title. In the other, oh, granted, against Limerick, they did well in 2022, but in 2023, they were really, really poor in that all over the semi point. Limerick absolutely rolled over them. And it was just like, even at the end of the first half, like Henry telling him uh, Galway to have one on top, and then Limerick took full advantage at the end of the half. Like, that's just tactical naivety, really. And mm-hmm. I just think Galway needs like a homegrown manager, really, to gain a bounce out of them. Like, when you look to the like, me and Seamus actually went through uh, managers from uh, other counties that haven't done well over the last few seasons. And we counted three for Galway Shane O'Neill, Henry Shefflin, Jordan Nan. That can't be just a coincidence. I don't know why Galway can't go with managers within their own county. It worked to an extent with John McIntyre. It definitely worked under Anthony Coney, giving them a bit of confidence. It most certainly worked under Michal Dunhu. They won the All Ireland in 2017. And James made this point as well. It was almost like they, in 2017, they won the All-Ireland. In 2018, they were Joe Canning shot, drop shorts and beating probably one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. And then in 2019, they had one bad year losing to Dublin Park of the Park. And they almost like don't lose. We need to go for an outside manager now. And I don't know why, what actually sparked that. It really boggled the mind, really. And um, yeah, I think Galway, personally, I just think they need to go for an inside manager to develop in the next few seasons. But just being the reason I have Cork and Tipperary above Galway, despite the fact that Galway beat them over the last few seasons, is I don't think Leinster Hurling is up to the standard. And the fact that Galway haven't won it since 2018 is a damning statistic. Yeah, could you, could you argue maybe Galway were a little bit unlucky though last year in the in the Leinster final, like losing out through that last-minute goal? That obviously came sort of out, of out of nowhere. And against Limerick as well, like in the first half, I thought they played very well against Limerick in the in the first half last year. Fair enough, you know things went very badly towards the end of the first half and and sort of for the majority of the second half. Like I I do agree, but I'm I'm just trying to make a case in my head for for any Galway fans who are who are maybe watching. Like is, is there a case that maybe they're not like they're not that far away because they are getting to semi finals. They have had good results, you know. Like obviously beating Tipperary in the quarterfinals last year was still a great result. Um. I do agree with what you're saying about Leinster. I do think the standard is very poor on Leinster, and it's one of them where, like Galway and Kilkenny, really don't necessarily actually have to be at their best a lot of the time to get to a Leinster final. Um, because I think Wexford have been very poor the last few years. Dublin, you know, are not the same team as they were eight nine years ago. Um, but yeah, like, like 
Because even when you look at Galway, like they do have a lot of great younger players, like Tom Monaghan, Evan Nyland, Brian Concanon, I think has been very impressive at times. Like I do think there is potential there, and maybe a new manager, maybe a new manager might be maybe what they need. It probably is, yeah. But um, yeah, you could argue in those games to counteract your argument there that in the Kilkenny game, how did they lead them back into the game when they were ahead for a sizable margin, and how? Killian Burke scored. It was a brilliant goal by Killian Buckley. Don't take it away. But how could you get the slitter from the corner and put it all the way to the centre of the goal? Like, that's just kamikaze stuff. It was really, really poor. And even the Limerick game, they did perform well in the first half, but they needed to maintain that energy for the last five minutes. The fact is, they didn't. They weren't brave enough to do it. And they dropped one up front. And that was just... You know, it was just poor tactics, to be honest with you, Aaron. And what I will throw back at you, do you think it's kind of embarrassing for Galway that they haven't won an Leinster Championship since 2018? Because even looking at that stat, it's kind of alarming. If I was a Galway fan and looking at that stat, I was, I'd be thinking, what has happened? Hmm. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't necessarily say embarrassing as such, but I, th- I think it is a major disappointment. That, that goes to their question. And Galway have had some very questionable defeats in, in that time. You know, on two occasions, they lost to Dublin. Um, 2022, I think. 2021 and 2019, they, they lost to Dublin in, in the Leinster Championship. Um, and that, for me, like Dublin, for me, like, like they, that, that's been the only big games Dublin have won in the last eight, nine years. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, um, like, if you want to count Wexford wins, fair enough, but... Um, so yeah, like I, th- I think there there is, there is definitely a case there for Galway. I think they have underperformed a lot of the time, and I think maybe they're clinging on to a lot more of their more experienced players. I think that's the problem with Galway is that you've got Connor Whelan who's shooting the lights out, but you've still got Connor Cooney. You've had a bunch of younger lads who've kind of been in and around the panel the last few years, but none of them have really sort of like really took their claim into the Galway side. Like when you look at Geroid O'Connor as an example with Tipperary, he's come into that team and just ripped it up straight away. And even some of the Limerick lads, when they're coming in, the likes of Dunica O'Darling and Michael Hoolahan and all these lads, they're coming in and doing a phenomenal job. Um, so I think that maybe is the problem for Galway, is that the younger lads who've been coming in haven't really been able to make a big impact. And maybe it could be partly down to the fact that outside managers maybe aren't aware of the underage players and the talents that they have and their strengths and their weaknesses. So, you know, it could, it could be a fair point. Yeah, definitely. And that probably epitomizes the point more. They need an inside manager. And it's worked mm-hmm. for Galway over the last few seasons, with especially John McIntyre, Anthony Cunningham, and uh, and Michal Dunham. Especially with Dunham. Dunham was the one who won them that are the title in 2017. So why do you change it? I, I actually don't know. It's really, really poor. And Seamus made a good point as well, fair play to him in this. There's Counties go for outside managers if they think they're a bit off in All Ireland. If you're putting Galway at six and five, they're clearly not a million miles off in All Ireland. So why are they going for outside managers? And as well as that, Henry Shefflin, if he goes into the Kilkenny job, I know Derek King's doing a good job at the moment, but it is possible. If Henry Shefflin goes into the Kilkenny job in the next few years, he's going to know everything that is to know about these young Galway players. The likes of Gavin Lee, the likes of Tom Monaghan, the likes of Evan Nyland. Why, why on earth would Galway appoint him in the first place? I'm actually, I was, I'm kind of positive about the appointment of Henry Shefflin in the first few seasons, but as it's gone on, I'm thinking, why, why are Galway doing this? 
You know, you have inside managers. If you go, want to go for a legend in hurling, go for someone like Joe Cannon, Fergal Moore, or, or um, I'm trying to think, um, even one of the Borks that they've retired. Go for them. There's no need to go for a legend from another county that is very, and nonetheless, your biggest rival in Leinster. Why would you do it? I honestly, it's it's kind of clicked for me over the last uh, year or so since Seamus said us, but um, it's definitely clicked now. And what I would say as well, last point of Galway, the 2021 defeat against Dublin was particularly alarming because I remember, I think Seamus and yourself talked about this, in Crow Park with six minutes gone on the clock, six minutes, it wasn't six minutes to go, it was six minutes gone. Joe Cannon puts the ball down for a free and he goes for goal. Showing a bit of arrogance there that they think, oh, we're much better than Dublin, we're going to wipe you lads. And Dublin end up beating them anyway in Crow Park. So, like, I think their, their attitude is another thing as well. Maybe that's sorted under Henry Sheffield, but that's a sort of element that would make them probably close to the likes of Limerick, Tip, and all them. And probably one of the reasons I'd have Cork above Galway at this particular moment in time. Hmm. Crackety Ash says here, uh, Kevin Cooney injury was a fair hit to uh, go away. Kevin Cooney had developed a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah, it is It is a fair point in fairness. Um, and yeah, may, maybe someone like Matty Kenny mightn't be a bad show for, for Galway. Um, you know, obviously done a very good job with, with Dublin. And uh, maybe he could be the... I was kind of surprised he didn't get the job, to be honest. Um or like a, maybe he was in the running at the time, but um, or then again, I think Henry Shefflin actually had already coming in, had possibly already come in at that point. But I definitely think Matty Kenny could be could be a good manager. In fairness, um, just going back to this, I know you were chatting a little bit about uh, Wexford being above Dublin. I think, yeah, I think my reasoning for that, to be honest, which it is, I, I think both sides are, are very static in many ways. Like I think Dublin have gotten the better of Wexford on a good couple of occasions in, in the last few years. But I think Wexford at the same time, it's mainly been down to them underperforming, if I'm being honest. Like when we saw Wexford at their best when they beat Kilkenny last year, even in the, a couple of opening games this year in the in the league, like the draw against Kilkenny. Like and I think Wexford just have a bit more coming through. Like with Corey Byrne Dunbar, Keen Byrne, I think is uh, has been very good as well. And I think there's just a little bit more there for for Keith Rossiter with Wexford to work with, as opposed to as opposed to Dublin. But again, like you could argue, it's it's very little, maybe maybe between them teams. And I think ultimately, like it will be the the fight for the third place when it comes to the uh, Leinster Championship. Looking at uh, five to one, so in five it's Galway, four is Tipperary, Clare third, Kilkenny second, Limerick in first. I'd imagine you probably agree with this as well, considering you had Galway sixth, so uh, may maybe you'd have Cork and fifth instead. But Tipperary, first of all, I thought on Tipperary so far this year, I think they've been very impressive. I think they have as well. And I think they have some very good young players. Like you talked about Garrod O'Connor earlier in the chat. And for him to do it in two different competitions is one thing as well. To do it in the Alliance League and do it in the Fitzgibbon game in, game out. Like he scored, I think it was eight points for you against UCC on uh, the Wednesday or Thursday night during the week. And then on the Sunday against Galway, he scores 113. He's just a brilliant player. Brilliant, fresh, a bit of fresh air for Tipperary Hurling. And it's very good for you and Vernus in uh, the Fitzgibbon Cup. Um, Jake Morris is taking the captaincy this year and he's an excellent player. Goal getter from last year. Mark Keogh is a good player. Alan Tynan. 
they still have the likes of the McGraths there. Uh, Bonner Mars still not, still going. He's still um, not retired as of yet. So, and Liam Cahill, look, he's a good manager. I know a few Tip fans were questioning his methods last year, but he's still a good coach. And what I will say is, well, it would be interesting to see. He was in the squad over the last few games, but Billy Seymour for Kildangan, he scored two goals and 76 points across the club championship. It will be interesting to see if Liam Cahill actually picks him in the team or picks him on the bench to have, you know, a backup option coming on. It's because Tip is a very good forward. He's even rolling names off the sheet there. Garrod O'Connor, Jake Morris, Billy Seymour, um, Mark Kehoe, uh, Sean Ryan. There's some very good players in Tipperary. So I think they, they're well worthy of a place in fourth. There, Reece Shelley's a good goalkeeper as well. So, and I don't know, uh, Cahill Barrett going to come back to the team. He's a well-needed, experienced player. So... Yeah, I think Tip are well suited to being in fourth place, but just take the need to break the stranglehold of being in the top three among the likes of the Kilkenny's, the Clares and Limericks. And I think they might do in the next few years with Garrett O'Connor or Jake Morris or them developing because they are excellent hurlers. Um, even look at the top three, I probably just about would agree with you on Kilkenny above Clare just because Kilkenny have beaten Clare over the last two seasons. Um, Clare need to beat Kilkenny in the championship to get above them. If you're looking for player to player, I think Clare have a better team than Kilkenny. There's no doubt about it. Mark Rogers, Tony Kelly, Shane O'Donnell, Sean Rin at midfield was really, really good now the last day. Uh, Peter Duggan, David Fitzgerald. There's some very good names rolling off the sheet there. Adam Hogan at a cornerback is an excellent player as well. It's just the mentality thing with Clare. Once they get to the semi-finals, they need to win these sorts of pressure cooker games. The first year against Kilkenny, they were hammered off the park. 24 wides, I remember that stat. Specifically, that was terrible for me. Clare, really, really bad performance. And then last year, I think it was just moments that didn't get them over the line against Kenny. Mm-hmm. The goal in particular for Owen Cody, when um, Andrew Quilligan decided to poke the ball short, I think someone lost the ball around the D area. Kenny turned the ball over back in the net. And even, like, there were some instances, I think Richie Hogan was running down the line, Gerbert Ryan coming in, and all you have to do is stand them up. But Richie Hogan goes past him, concedes a free, another easy point for Kilkenny. And clear my point towards referee decisions over the last few seasons against Limerick and Kilkenny. But even the stats would tell you, and I wrote a lot of pieces on Balls.ie because of this check them out if you haven't already on uh, the Limerick Clare game last year and the Kilkenny Clare game. It wasn't because of the referee that you didn't get over the line. It was the statistics, the wides, the key moments in the game, the turnover count. Some decision-making as well, like even putting Shane Amore as a sweeper against Kilkenny last year was baffling. It was almost like Clare couldn't deal with Kilkenny's power, where Kilkenny do have good players, and Derek Ling is a good coach. But with the players that Clare have, they should be going for Kilkenny's trust. There's no doubt about it. And I think they got just got a bit scared last year and decided to play the sweeper. But I think they should um, you know, brush them in insecurities over their system in many ways. Kilkenny... Look, against Limburg over the last two seasons, they have been very close against them. And they have some good players like TJ Reid, Owen Cody, Adrian Mullins, probably one of the most underrated players in the country. And they do have a very good team all across the board. Derek Ling's a good coach as well. Owen Murphy's the best goalkeeper in the country. Probably you could argue Nicky Quaid. There's, there's a real argument there, but he's absolutely exceptionally a Mickey, um, sorry, Mikey Butler. And um, Hugh Lawler in the full back line as well. Paddy Deegan from Lachlan Gales is very, very good. And um, David Blanchfield is another good half back to have in your team. So Kilkenny do still have players to 
go up uh, another level. And um, I think one's obvious, Aaron, isn't it? Uh, Limerick. And I think everybody will say it. They are going for history this year, the drive for five. They are an unbelievable team. And to be honest with you, Aaron, I don't think they're going to be stopped this year. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Like uh, To be fair, I think a few teams have taken good bites out of Limerick in the last few years. But I think the thing about Limerick is that they always... They always just stand up and find an answer. Like no matter who's injured, no matter how many points they're down, like they've they've cut they've overcome every single obstacle in the last four years. And like a few of them have been big obstacles as well. Like, you know, they've been they've been put in some difficult situations. And I think people do forget that. I think a lot of people maybe sometimes have the idea in their head that Limerick have just waltzed through, you know, like they did in the 2021 All Ireland final. Sorry to remind you, but like I, I do think a lot of the time, it's been very close. Um, in fairness, Crackety Ash has tipped look like they're well placed to get to a, a Munster final this year. And uh, Raymond was saying here, surely we haven't reached the tip. Are going to win the All Ireland phase already this year? Um, well, yeah. Look, I think uh, to be fair, I think we, I think we both think Limerick are, are going to win anyway. Um, so it's it's not necessarily a slight on Tipperary, but. Like looking at that, like Kilkenny Clare, I suppose we know what they bring, obviously, over the last few years. But is there, like, who who do you think is the closest challenger to, to Limerick? Because, like, you would say Kilkenny or Clare, but I feel like we know what, what Kilkenny or Clare offer at this stage, and it hasn't been able to, to beat Limerick. I know, like, Clare beat Limerick in a, you know, in the, in the Munster round robin last year, but it didn't beat them in the Munster final when it matters. Like I don't know, could Cork go away? Tipperary, like I feel, I feel like those teams maybe Cork and Tipperary. I look at particular because I'd be like, maybe they can throw something different at Limerick as opposed to Clare and Kilkenny. What do you think? It's definitely a good point to make there, and the fact is as well, Tipperary. Most people actually forget this because um, Limerick went on one all Ireland in the end and the Munster Championship, but Tip drew against Limerick last year. And we're yeah. arguably the better team on that, that day in Simple Stadium. So, and the, the, but the fact is, and you mentioned it with Limerick there, they've overcome every challenge. And that was one of them against Tipperary last year. They were under the cost for so many parts of that game. They had a guy sent off at Barry Nash. They still got the draw out of that game, what they needed. In the last Munster game last year against Cork, Cork had 77% shot accuracy against them. It was almost perfection. From a Cork point of view, Limerick still won it. And they won it. With flying colours as well. The semi final against Galway, Galway providing the late rally in 2020 or 2022, should I say? Limerick still beat them in against Clare. Clare probably produced, in particular, 2022, produced one of the best monster final performances that I've ever seen from a Clare team. And Limerick still beat them. You know, Clare brought them to extra time. Tony Kelly getting that sideline. Limerick still go on and win it. And even like even the stat I was checking on doing a piece for Limerick Voice and stuff like that, checking uh, the website camped already on that. That Kilkenny actually in 2022 scored the biggest total from an All Ireland uh, final losing team, 226. Limerick still scored 131 and beat them. So, and in that final as well, Kilkenny had a shot accuracy of 72%, and Limerick still beat them, 2023. They were four points down after Paddy Deegan's brilliant goal in, in, in that order of the final. Limerick looked on the ropes. They still score, I think, the next 2019 points and beat them. Like, it's just unbelievable from a Limerick point of view. They're just a generational team. They're probably one of the best teams I've ever seen because of the fact that you mentioned there, they've overcome nearly every obstacle thrown in front of them. 
And even another example in 2021 against Tipperary, they were miles behind at halftime. I think it was 10 points at halftime in Park and Keith that year. And they still come back and win it. They're never dead. You can never write Limburg off at any stage of a game. Even if they're down 10 to 15 points, they'll always find a way to come back into the game. And that's what makes great champions. They are a brilliant team, there's no doubt about it. I think it's a very good point to make about Cork and Tipperary. Like, even with the underage that's there, especially in Cork, like the minors, the under-20s, Cork should be challenging Limburg. I don't think so, no. But I think if, if Cork build the team in the next few years, with, let's just say, Kieran Joyce centre-back, Ben Cunningham up on the forwards, Conor O'Brien maybe could come in. He's done well for Barry Oyd in the Fitzgibbon Cup and has done well for Avondu in the Cork Championship. He could come into the team. If Dar Fitzgibbon improves, if... Um, if Darrell O'Leary comes into fullback, if Ryan Saunderson goes into goal for Middleton, I think Cork have a huge chance of overcoming Limerick. Like even look at the under twenty panel today, and um, that was named um, on the Cork GA website. You still have the likes of Dermot Healy and uh, William Buckley on there, and William Buckley is one of the St. Vinbar's best players. He's one of UCC's best players in the Fitzgibbon Cup, and he's still under twenty, so he has potential to mm-hmm. rise up through the ranks as well. Jack O'Connor is a speedy player on the wing. Cottle McCarthy, it'd be interesting to see him at cornerback from uh, the Saracens club. Uh, Tim O'Mahon is a good player. But it'd be interesting to see if they could, if Pat Ryan could build the team. And actually somebody from Cork actually said to me, I think a few months ago at this stage, if Pat Ryan can't change Cork's fortunes in hurling, no one will. Because he's a brilliant coach. And under 20 level, at underage level, at his club Sarsfields, he's a brilliant coach. He's a brilliant man manager. And He's the guy to try and change uh, Cork's fortunes, but right as no, I can't see anybody stopping Limerick. But this year in particular, I think in the next few years, Tip and Cork will be interested to see how they develop and challenge Limerick. But for right now, I think Clare and Kilkenny are still the closest challengers to Limerick, as I know. If I was to choose one team to go beat them, maybe I would have to say Clare because of the fact they beat them last year in the Gaelic rounds. But again, it's a close one to call. Mm. Yeah, like I, to be honest, I, I, if I had to say, it, I'd say Cork would be the team to end Limerick's domination. But I don't think it happens this year. I think it happens maybe next year, maybe even the year after that. If, if I'm being honest. But in terms of right now, like the team that I think can maybe give them the best game probably is Clare because Clare obviously beat them in the Munster round robin. They've had a very few close Munster finals. And fairness. Kilkenny obviously have like we're very close two years ago. Um, but I just think Kilkenny have given everything and haven't been able to get over the line against Limerick. Like, I mean, maybe with the likes of Billy Drennan, David Blanchfield coming in for Kilkenny, like could that maybe give them a bit of a an emphasis? Like obviously Bill, Billy Drennan was injured for the final last year. Could that maybe just sort of kick Kilkenny on a bit further, do you think? Even the old Auckland Gays players, like more of them to come in. Like like Luke Hogan, for example, a full forward. There are some good players there, Connor Heary as well. There are good players in Kilkenny, there's no doubt about that. But I definitely agree with you. I think they've thrown they the kitchen sink at this stage. Like they had their chance last year. That was a huge chance after Paddy Egan's goal. I think they went four or five clear that at that point of the game. And they just didn't close it out. And that was a huge chance missed for Kilkenny. But uh, Claire, you mentioned the Cork of good youngsters and typical youngsters. Most people um, outside of Clare actually believe that they don't have youngsters coming through. But I will put up a few stats here. They won the minor championship last year in the All-Irelands. 
like Art School Reish had a uh, Limerick School actually in a uh, Munster School hurling have a huge bulk of Clare players. Michael Collins and uh, Mark O'Brien are two of them in particular. You have Keith Smith coming through the under twenties. There are some good players in Clare. There's no doubt about that. Adam Hogan is still 19, 20 years of age, and he performed excellent last year. So I think Clare do have youngsters, even past the likes of Tony Kelly, Shane O'Donnell, etc. And even the likes of um, Sean Rain at midfield, you know, the last day was absolutely superb. Dermot Ryan's still a young player. He's still playing fit skipping cup for Mary I. So, like, there are some good players in Clare. There's good young players there. I don't think they'll close the gap on Limerick in, in terms of winning the order this year. But um, disappointed so far in the league, hopefully they've... Yeah, well, look, I wouldn't be too disappointed after um, Kilkenny and Clare. Look, we'll see how we get on against Offaly, Wexford, uh, Watford. That'll be the... Real test for Cork, but um, in terms of Clare, I do think there are some good youngsters coming through, particularly in minor level. They, they beat Galway in that All Ireland minor final quite comprehensively last year. And when you look at the likes of Dermot Stritch there from um, Clonlara, he was in uh, the Art School Reach schools team as well. Like Clare do have young players, they do have winning young players coming through. It's just a question will once Clare made the breakthrough, will Brian Lowe be above them? I'm kind of unsure of that because of the fact that Limerick are that good, but we'll have to see over the next few years. But I will say this to anybody that is writing off Clare and is putting Cork and Tip on the pedestal to challenge Limerick, do not write off the banner just yet. Yeah, no, it probably, it probably is a bit of a miss about Clare, to be fair, because even Mark Rogers, when he's come into the team in the last few years, has been absolutely, absolutely sensational. So maybe I think it's one of them things where Clare... I've had a lot of bad results in the last few years at under twenty level, like few few disappointing results. But they are still pulling players through. Like they are still getting players into their team. Um, they're maybe not having the same level of underage success as the likes of Cork, Tipperary, even Limerick to a certain extent. Um, but there certainly is players coming through. Clear uh, in fairness. Raymond says here, Limerick's championship games are close when there was no Keane Lynch or less than match for Keane Lynch. Limerick are at least six, five or six points. A better team with a match fit Keen Lynch. I do agree. They they certainly are a better team with Keen Lynch. But the only thing is, like Limerick did still win the All Ireland in twenty twenty two when uh, Keen Lynch was injured. Um, so you know, and I still think Limerick are a much better side with with Keen Lynch. But they just always find it. They always find the way. Like even if Declan Hannan's injured, um, you know, in previous years when Tom Morrissey's been out, like they've they've always seemed to find um. An answer and it's testament to the John Coyley, testament to Paul Connerk. A2 says Limerick flipped a switch in that Munster final against Tipperary a few years ago. Whenever whatever was said in that dressing room, they found another gear and always seem to find it when they're pushed. Uh, teams play out 100% and still lose to them, feel absolutely unstoppable. Um, yeah, like that, that's exactly the point, isn't it? And like with Limerick, like you nearly feel like the best time to beat Limerick is in that Munster round, Robin, when they're not like fully there because like you would argue like Limerick probably didn't really click into gear probably until maybe Munster final all Ireland semi-final even even when they were going behind against Galway like I feel like that was really when they clicked into gear last year definitely so and uh, I just think particularly in the Munster round Robin and a lot of Cork fans were saying that uh, they were close to Limerick and things like that and I was saying look look we have to count down a bit lads Limerick were still in um, third or fourth gear they weren't completely in fifth gear they were just you know going through the ball and that was enough for Limerick to get over the line at that point but when they needed to click in the gear they did so and they did so in that monster final against Clare Clare almost beat them 
with that uh, last bit of free on the, for record. I think it was a free at the end for Clare, but they had a huge amount of misses in that game and they can only blame themselves for that. But Limerick, once they kick into gear, they're almost, and as the comment said, they're unstoppable. There's no doubt about it. They are just an incredible team. They're a generational team. And honestly, I know a lot of people have said it's recency bias and all that. I think this is the greatest team in um, in hurling history. I know Kilkenny were there in the 2000s, the late 2000s, but a point worth noting as well. And Seamus brought up this uh, a year ago on, our, on um, my All Ireland final preview on my own podcast. He said that Kilkenny had an easy in Leinster. Let's be honest. Like Until Galway came in, you had the likes of Wexford, Dublin, Offaly, who weren't really putting it up to um, Kilkenny the way that it hoped to. Limburg have been thrown at everything, really. You look at, say, Cork, Tip, Waterford, Clare. Waterford produced a brilliant performance in the Gaelic Grounds a couple of years ago as well, worth noting that as well. Like, it's every team has thrown everything at this Limburg team, and they still get over the line. And they're just an incredible team in many ways. Like, no disrespect to those Leinster counties back then, but Kilkenny only need to click into gear once they reach all the semi-final stage. Limerick have had to kick into gear when it's in the Munster round robin or the latter stages of the Munster round robin and the Munster vinyl. That epitomizes an unbelievable team. And even though I was doing advertising there um, for statistics on a piece there to say it was going to be completed in the next few weeks, Kilkenny, their average winning margin in that period between 06 and 09 in the Leicester Championship was 12.5 points. Limerick's margin of victory or margin of games, including the draws of the loss to Clare in Munster between 2020 and 2023, was four points. Despite the fact that Limerick are an unbelievable team, that's a tight margin in hurling. That's four points. Literally a golden point, which would happen in a flash. So, Limerick Limerick have had it hard in Munster. They've had it hard. Everything's been thrown at them. Whereas that Kilkenny team, no disrespect to them now, but they've had it a bit too easy in Leinster those sorts of years. And Limerick they're just an unbelievable team. And I will say this, Aaron, I think they're one of the greatest of all time, if not already. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. Like, I mean, it's one it's one of them. They've already equaled what Kilkenny have done in terms of four, four All-Irelands in a row. They've obviously won five Munsters in a row. You know, mm. you win another Munster, it'd be like that's six in a row. I think that's that's the record broke then, isn't it? Mm. No, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, because I think five and five in a row, I think was the the record. I think previously, um, so I think I think they, they will break that record, and then obviously they, they win the five in a row, which obviously is a record as well. So I don't think there'll be any disputing it. I don't think there'll be any any disputing it at that stage. And um, like it's one of them, like Limerick, they could even break Dublin's six in a row record, you know. Yeah. Oh, they they could, and I said this to you, Aaron, on previous podcast last year. Be afraid. They're on, they're on the road to doing it. I'm telling you. They are just an unstoppable team at this stage. And even with some absentees, he even listed them, the young players coming through at the start of the podcast. Adam English, Donico Dalek, Shane O'Brien is another one who's an excellent player for Mary Owen Fitzgibbon Cup. Like you have Mihal Hulan from the Kid Malak. Like he was a mix of players there. What's even more frightening, John Coyley announced last week that Sean Finn is back to full fitness and is ready for um, the next few weeks. Yeah. Not what anybody wants to hear. It really isn't. And when he looked at this, over last year, Sean Finn was missing for the majority of last year and the latter stage, the crunch stages of the championship, and Limerick still coped without him. 
They still have Mike Casey at fullback. They still have the likes of Barry Nash performing well. You still have Tam Barrissey. This is just an unbelievable team, an unbelievable squad. And I think they're just going to win the five in a row this year, aren't they? They're just an incredible side. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's very, very hard to, to see anyone stop Limerick. And I think if we do these power rankings towards the end of the year, like maybe some counties will interchange and some counties will swap over. But I think it's very, very hard to uh, to see Limerick stopping. Well, cheers anyone who tuned into the stream. Make sure to hit the like button and subscribe if you haven't already. There'll be a football preview out tomorrow at some stage. And yeah, let us know in the comments down below what's your power rankings from uh, 18 to 1. Uh, we'll run through them all maybe quickly before uh, before we finish up again. So Kildare in 18th, Mead 17th, Kerry in 16th, Down in 15th, Leash 14th, Offaly 13th, Carlo 12th, and Westmead are 11th. We've got Antrim in 10th, Dublin 9th, Wexford 8th, Waterford 7th, and Cork in 6th. And then Galway 5th, Tipperary 4th, Clare 3rd, Kilkenny 2nd, and Limerick 1st. So, yeah, Matthew, cheers very much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe if you haven't already. And we will speak to you all soon.